Hi, everybody. This is the May 2019 edition of the Third Fridays podcast. Third Fridays, is that correct? Yeah, not Thursday. Third Fridays podcast. Trademark TM, registered service mark. Put that copyright. I I don't know. Maybe I should uh, do a more aggressive marketing plan and take trips, more trips around the country. (laughs) Is that possible? Right, that's a good point. Uh, I just came back from Texas and California to do some trainings and some uh, speaking engagements on panels uh, to talk about the Third Fridays. Oh, Third Friday podcast. Understood. Right. Got it. Okay. Uh, so, just to remind everyone, uh, the Third Friday is of every month is the one day where uh, there are no board hearings across the entire state. In opposition, there are hearings on the third Thursday of every month. True. Right. So the podcast you want to listen to is the third Friday's podcast because you don't know— Don't be confused. Right. You there don't, might be a similar-sounding product out there. Right. But it's not the same thing. You don't actually want to listen to a podcast where you actually have your own claims at hearings because those are more important. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Okay. So if you haven't heard or, or really seen through camera one, two, or three— uh, my guest again is uh, Greg Lois. Uh, I can tell so that you're very happy, happy to, be to be here. Yeah, I, I don't know how I landed this choice spot, but <laughs> once again, I have sent our partner John Marzola on a trip up to Buffalo to make him unavailable. There it is. You. So uh, <laughs> this is working out swimmingly for me. Right, right. I, you, you figured out the way to eliminate all possible candidates and bring Correct. yourself back on the show. Correct. Um, but let's it's talk. Ab- I got to figure out like what day you're going to record this. <laughs> then I got to not an easy task. Reason, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling clients, hey, how about a power review? How about some on-site <laughs> training? I could ship somebody up there. Right, you right. Know? And yeah, uh, process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, you come on the show, but uh, I think I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay. I'm glad to be here. Last episode was a furiously downloaded episode, mm-hmm. from what I hear and mm-hmm. see on mm-hmm. analytics, whatever mm-hmm. that means. And uh, we're going to continue that trend and talk about the, I guess, the 201 level application to our New York webinar series, which is uh, every Monday, every third Monday of the month, right? So not Correct. Thursday, right? Monday, right? Monday. Followed up by the third Friday's podcast. Right. Okay, so on, mon- on Monday, on Monday, let everybody in on why on our joke. No, let's let them in. No, let's let oh. them in. Okay, someone tried to steal your thunder. <laughs> By coming out with a legal <laughs> podcast that they have named Third Thursdays. They right. are trying to horn in on right. all of that equity, all of that excitement that you have developed and trick people. <laughs> right? Yeah, don't don't be fooled because <laughs> the third Thursday will could technically come before the third Friday and then not feel that you don't have this loving voice coming mm-hmm. through your speakers mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, I know I'm, when I wake up on a Friday morning and I go to my podcast player and you aren't there, I because mine pop, pops up. It tells me Overcast will say <laughs> there's a new podcast available. And when I wake up on a Friday morning and I'm like, where is it? Where right. is it? Right. Where is it? You know? What is uh? What is they? They say they say the greatest form of of uh, flattery's imitation Correct. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but. They also say the second verse is never as better as good as the first. That's true. I mean, what if there was an attorney out there whose name was uh, Sistin Kison out Ooh. there, Ooh. just obviously drafting off you, just copying what you're doing, right? 
not that much more difficult than my own name, but I get it. <laughs> but I get it. That is difficult, and uh, I would be a little miffed. Uh, this is more comical to me mm-hmm. because I, I know that uh, the the talent and process that's in this room mm-hmm. uh, is so high. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But let's go back into the content form so that people don't mm-hmm. uh, decide that they're not here for something Look, that they we don't are. Get involved right? Involved in a podcast. <laughs> Drama, a war, war turf war, war right? Um, okay, so the webinar for the New York series is on uh, you know your common garden variety defenses, and we have a very uh, established and uh, robust and uh, regimented intake client relations team that really takes in every file. And for the denied cases, you know, since we know that our clients really trust us for the denied cases because our case population is, you know, kind of more than your average defense firm when it comes to denied cases, right? We do a lot of process uh, to make sure that our clients get the best representation. So, Greg, you know, as the as the founding uh, member of this firm, uh, could you shed a little light on, on, on how our client relation team, relations team uh, puts our clients' interests? Sure. Uh, well, heart? I think you mentioned something which is important to note, which is, look, we're a workers' comp defense firm, right? So... Uh, we're not seeing the run-of-the-mill, the average case. You know, right. 85% of workers' compensation cases claim it gets injured, loses some time from work, goes right back to work within a couple right. of weeks, and you know they're, they're on with their life. We only see here like the 15% of cases that get have fights. Uh, statistically, in New York State, um, for the last year we have statistics, about 9% of cases are controverted, denied, disputed, however you want to call it. Okay, so those are the denials. In our office, our case population is more than a third denied, right? So uh, when, you know, employers or carriers are deciding, hey, this is one I want to challenge, you know, they're thinking, where do I send it and how do I send it? And so I think we identified early on that this is like a real important moment for us to step right up and step up quickly. Um, You know, our, our system is to communicate with the client immediately. Uh, to gather whatever investigatory materials they have. And that could be anything from just like an accident report or the statement of a supervisor, manager, anything. Right. And we're giving them advice on exactly what defenses should be raised in their first report of injury because that's the form that gets filed with the state and that's where you would establish that you are denying, disputing, or controverting this case in uh, New York State. Now, interestingly, other states that we practice in and other jurisdictions uh, we would be filing that initial statement sure. saying, hey, we're denying this case on behalf of this employer or carrier. New York's a little different in that it requires the carrier or third-party administrator or employer to actually file that first report of injury and then advise all parties, hey, we're disputing, denying, or controverting this matter. So you know, our intake team, uh, the way that works is that they would provide that information, meaning, hey, here's the specific legal offenses we think are appropriate and can be sustained in this workers' comp case. And they're over there triaging matters and then immediately uh, telling the client what to put into their paperwork. So, you know, it really begins, uh, to use uh, sort of a Christian CSUN term, on day one. Uh, Yeah, you you kind of took the words out of my mouth because I was really going to segue into how the process reflects that mantra, right? Defend from day one. So that's uh, one on the counter, Ms. Producer, for the amount of times that I've said it. Well, I said one, too. So I, I, that's okay, two. Two. That's a two. Two. Yeah. Two. Uh, do you think they say defend from day zero? 
who knows what they say. I haven't listened to it yet. I am like very interested. Well, no one listens to it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Da, da, all right. Drama. All right. All right. All right. The Monday webinar is going to go over some common legal defenses. And I, I think it's uh, kind of important to stress that the 201 level podcast uh, is really, it, it came together because it's kind of the the process that our own attorneys really go through when, when we talk shop, when we, when we train each other, mm-hmm. uh, when we, you know, put our heads together to put mm-hmm. together, together a strategy. It's, you know, why don't we share this with our clients? Because it helps them in their process, right? Mm-hmm. So um, watch out for that on the webinar, uh, everybody, to, you know, take note of the common legal defenses that you will have for your claims. But I wanted to specifically point out how the expedited hearing process really puts that into motion and stresses mm-hmm. the importance of uh, defend from day one, right? So let's let's imagine that on Friday, May 17th, the third Friday of the month, third Friday, uh, there's a work accident, mm-hmm. right? And this claimant reports the accident on the same day and goes to a hospital or urgent care on that uh, day, May 17th. Now, if we take the 1810 rule specifically to heart, the latest you can file the Freud 00 is June 4th. Now, in order to get all that information together, you actually have to do the investigation in those 18 days. So my idea is to not do the investigation just to get the report out, but maybe give yourself a chance to get your ducks in a row for a compensability determination as well. Right. So like you mentioned, the accident reports, the the witness statements, uh, the medical uh, canvas, the uh, the ISO prior claim search, anything that will allow you to make that determination while the history of the accident is fresh. Right. Now, when you file the FROI, right, that notice of indexing can pop up at any time. There's no set guideline for when the board's going to index it against you and start that 25 day timeline. Yeah, it's hard to predict. It seems like. Uh, from the filing of the Freud, um, that it, that could trigger an indexing on its own. Right, it, or, it might not. Or the medical report might a come medical in. Medical report coming a in C3, could trigger it. Sure. Uh, an RFA one if the claimant has an attorney, or maybe even if they're unrepresented, the, their own RFA. Uh, so that kind of is this like cloud hanging over the expedited timeline because as soon as you get the Freud zero four, or if you decide to deny it immediately with a Freud zero four. That plus the medical record in conjunction will set a pre-hearing conference within 30 days. And that's, that's by regulation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That pre-hearing notice will come out so that the pre-hearing conference is 30 days after the receipt of the board of both of those things. And at that point, now we're like in a, a place where we have to really ramp it up if we haven't done it already, mm-hmm. right? So that's your pre-hearing conference statement. That's uh, your... Um, witnesses and any documents that you plan to use at trial and maybe even IME because that has to be planned for to be in place for trial. So I was thinking that if all that process took place, right, where you have a May 17th accident, the Freud on June 4th, the pre-hearing conference 30 days after the denial and the medical, your pre-hearing conference for a May, mid-May accident could take place as early as late July yeah, where correct. you have to be ready to state your case and have all your evidence, all your witnesses, and then a trial in late August. That is a very, very strict timeline. Uh, when I spoke at this legal panel in Texas uh, earlier this week, 
uh, there was a Florida attorney there who said that their timeline for litigated cases in dispute is six months. Right. So, uh, yeah, and they they actually use the word fast track or, or expedited too. And I was like, you know, I would right. love to have that timeline because yeah. ours is more expedited. Our rocket docket's like three times as fast. And so entertainingly, uh, when you do the math, the case gets indexed statistically 28 days to pre-hearing conference. Right. And then, with, and then 55 days from there to judge's decision, right? So you, that is a really short period of time. And, you know, uh, it's hard. Uh, for an employer, A, to marshal witnesses, sure. complete an investigation. Sure. Certainly, if the person has pre-existing, I could be sending out, I could be sending out uh, HIPAA releases to my adversary. Do they ever return them? No. Uh, <laughs> am I subpoenaing doctors for prior medicals to prove that this accident did not cause these injuries? And by the way, then the doctor has to reply to my subpoena and all within 55 sure. days. It's just never really going to happen uh, that way, that cleanly. And it's really uh, puts quite a burden on the employer and carrier to try to pr- disprove a case in such a short period of time. Right. And I think, I think the common, uh, common perception is that, you know, a, a bigger employer, you know, your, your, uh, your fortune top 40 companies of the world have more access to these resources and can do this properly. But it's not always possible because mm-hmm. those companies actually have multiple locations. So many hands in the cookie jar to really, you know, make this more of a problem. Sure. Uh, and I, so across the board, uh, whether you're a company of two or a company of 2,000, uh, it's, it's not easy. No. And so starting the process early is something that uh, we have recommended because it it's puts you in place, right? It allows you to assert a good defense. And we know that, you know, if 8% of all cases across uh, New York are denied, and then an even smaller percentage of those are actually upheld, we want to make sure that every single duck is in a row to allow us that opportunity to get that disallowance sure. at trial. And you know what, so, so much of this too, I think your message on defending early, defending, you know, really putting your your effort into the very beginning of the case I think it's a very good and timely message. Ten years ago, the maximum rate was four hundred dollars, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, we were talking about literally a different world. Ten years later, maximum rates over nine hundred dollars a week, and it's going to go up to nine hundred and thirty dollars in July, right? I mean, it's going up, up, and up, and up. Facts. These Great cases info. Are you know every case that you had has doubled, more than doubled, right. in exposure, in cost, in value, right? All of those things have all gone up. And so the way we used to handle cases, you know, 15, 20 years ago where, hey, they'll file things, they'll go to the doctor, nobody's <laughs> following up, you know, they're kind of breezing through the system. Uh, I think some of that was born of the mindset of like, well, look, if, they've got their Section 21 presumptions. Go lose anyway. If you lose, and, it's not that bad. And if I lose, it's not that bad, right? I mean, people used to say, well, in New York, the medical's out of control, but hey, the indemnity rates are real low, right? right? $400 right. max rate is like nothing. Now that's all turned on its head. You know, New York is now pegging benefit to the state average weekly wage, which is just going up and up and up every year, right? That is, and, yeah, that's a, an extremely important point that a lot of people don't uh, really take into consideration because, uh, you know, th- this computation of the average weekly wage or, uh, of a sample size of a state, uh, you know, we don't know how that process well, We know that happened, it's gained, right? So, but, I mean, the way they, they do it is they don't count people who are part-time or, or leaving the workforce, you know, they do all sorts of things to keep making sure that state average weekly wage goes up every single year. The only exception 
in modern history is New Jersey in um, 2008 and 2009. Their average weekly wage calculation went down a couple bucks. And that was just because the state wow. was whacked so bad in the financial crisis. They actually had <laughs> so much structural wage depression in that state. But, you know, historically in New York, we've seen 10 years of it going up every single year, uh, regardless of all of the dire statements that are made all the time about how, you know, the, the economy is growing, but real wages aren't growing, right? People keep saying doesn't keep up with inflation, all these things. So, again, I, you know, I'm, I'm off my soapbox now, but... You know, the, that the was mindset. an incredible soapbox, by the way. I think you're you're upping your candidacy for more yeah, future appearances. Yeah. That was great. But the mindset, though, of um, and and we see this all the time of, of how people approach the New York cases in the past, just sort of, eh, yeah, it's a low exposure state, you know. Eh. And we got to really break up or shake that mindset up into this more modern approach, which is, you know, hey, look, some of these cases, some percentage of them are going to be defensible. We should be defending them. We should be controverting them. We can do it. That's true. And, and so kind of leads me to my next question, I guess. So I was trying to think of balancing the interest of, of you know, getting us involved for a defend from day one strategy with also, you know, our, you know, on a client, you know, self-insured or, or a carrier or TPA's desire to, to keep costs low. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when would be and I'm okay if we disagree on this because I think it's up for debate. When, when do you think would be the optimal time for a client to say, okay, Lois, uh, I need you now to help me on this denial? Like at what point is, right, so is the optimal time? I, I would say uh, one of the things that you've done, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toot your horn here, which is <laughs> go to clients in advance, right, before pre-accident and say, hey, I will review or audit your injury reporting procedures. I will go through how you're collecting information. Um, what are the contacts? Who's on that list? Um, a thing our partner Tashia does all the time because she's defending these big construction projects is go to the safety meetings and make sure that there's an, a very clear ladder of how things escalate right, you know, right. through the project or through the company. And really starting to think about, hey, how when a new someone gets injured here in this workplace, uh, how does it get reported? Who, who's in that chain? Who can make decisions? Uh, who then in, uh, tells the carrier first? You know, all that pre-stuff is a really great place to start. So it's, it's, I think uh, your question is like, hey, when do you call your attorneys? And really, it should be like, and, you know, if you're a big company with a lot of risk, it should be like well before you actually right. have any loss. Right. You know? and, and, and putting that stuff in place. I mean, one thing that I know you've done for our clients is audit uh, their initial you know, investigation materials. Sure. Right. And just say, hey, look, uh, leave this out or put this in or this would be great to have. So all of that stuff, I think, um, you know, and, and that's a, a project I know you've worked on with clients just off the cuff. In other words, it's, it's like an added benefit or an added service that that you provide to your client because, hey, I'm, you're here to help out. It also helps you, by the way, <laughs> as the attorney, get to know a lot more about sure. your client's business sure. so you can better serve them. But I, I think that's a, you know, Really, when you're talking about it, like, really, there should be a plan in place well before that first loss comes in on that job site. Um, you know, Tishi is doing that on these construction projects because they're putting together the risk management team a year in advance of breaking ground on the project. You know, right, which makes sense. Got to have it in place for bids and, uh, you know, contractors and all that stuff to make sure that there is a protocol because those are such high-level uh, cases that – there needs to be a structure, High exposure, right? Yeah, yeah. For everybody to follow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and right, yes, call to Shia is definitely 
on yeah. that list. And then I would say, you know, from our experience, I've only been at this for 18 years, but I have clients that call me the day of a loss. Right. You know, catastrophic. I mean, I've gotten phone calls or people are at the work sites and you hear screaming and yelling and machines in the background. <laughs> yeah. Guy got his leg ripped off and, you know, you're, hey, what should we do? All the way to, oh, two years ago, this accident happened. <laughs> yeah, Can I deny it right. now? And you just go, what have you been doing? <laughs> you know, so, you know, from the perspective of when, when do they engage us, it's all over the place. It's all over the, you know, when do they first say, hey, wait a second. Uh, is this thing uh, compensable or is this, you know, really work related or not? It's, it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why the, the debate, the I think that's why the debate kind of ranges on because there's the, the competing interests are, are really there to make sure that the claim is really put first, right? Like the, the, the opening and the closing of that claim is put first. Uh, my thoughts were, you know, if, if you don't have that pre- uh, procedure set up that you know Tashi is doing with construction claims and, and the, the audits that I'm doing of um, our clients if that EC84 comes out and you don't have us on the roster that's the time to pick up the phone that's the, I feel like that's the mm -hmm. last moment mm -hmm. where you say like well because now I need to put in denial codes I need to make sure that I marshal the right witnesses and you know even if we were to do it in uh, for you know, our clients, we'd still need help from employers then mm -hmm, too. Mm -hmm. So it's really putting all the right heads in the room so that the right decisions are made and, you know, uh, no deadlines are missed so mm -hmm. that the best denial is put forth. And that's yeah. the one that you win. You win the denials where all the ducks are in the row. Sure. I mean, it's one of the things, look, I, look, we, we can't win every case, right? But I want to win the ones I can. Right. And I do think that the ones that we should win and can win are the ones where, hey, we early identified this is a case we need to controvert. Uh, we've early started to look a look, uh, look into the claimant's background and start to say, wait a second, this is the fourth left knee claim this person has had right. in you know, six years. Okay, something's fishy here. We see the same doctors. And you subpoena the records. And you, you're putting that case together, uh, and that work should be done as early as possible because you know once the time starts running, it's running against us. Uh, right. The Section 21 presumptions in New York uh, essentially are person claims he got injured at work. He got gonna, injured at work. Convincingly, <laughs> it's really yeah. up to us to overcome those presumptions. And when you're in a situation where really every presumption is running against you, you know, you really got to marshal everything together as soon as you can. Uh, and that's, you know, j just such basic things. And we have video that shows the person doesn't get hurt. Well, let's make sure this client doesn't lose the video of their own workplace because we've had crazy things happen where they've said, look, I got a video that shows the guy leaves our work site at the end of the day and he was fine. And by the time we actually get to a hearing 90 days later, whoops, we, we lost the video. We've lost the recording. Right, There's because something is, it gets know, discarded or you know replaced. Uh, yeah, or just nobody put the hold this flag on it or somebody's desk changed right. or whatever. And you know those are the things where you just say, well, look, this, this needs to be put together a lot better earlier in the case. And uh, you know, I think most of the work in a case should be done before it goes to that first hearing. You know, we really should be well down the road to figuring out what's the end point of this matter. Right. No surprises, right? Put it, putting everybody in a position to expect a good outcome. Uh, you know, when we go to trial and, and there's kind of, you know, this, this question of compensability or, or, or a decision from the judge, uh, you're right. The Section 21 presumption really puts, you know, the, the burden on us 
to, to really, really make sure that uh, this isn't one that shouldn't be compensating the, cl- the claimant. Yeah, and also to run the other way, too. I mean, we've had cases where we initially said, oh, this is a denial case. This this can't be compensable, right? Right, right. And then you investigate. And a couple of days later, we've now looked into it. We talked to a few people, and you go, wait a second. You should accept this case. And here's the other side of accepting the case. When you deny the, the case, you lose control of, of medical information, right? right. They're still going to be That's out right. there getting medical, and they're going to be doing whatever they're doing. But they're not going to be providing it to you. You're not going to be. It's not going to be feeding back to you in the normal way. So sometimes we'll say like, "Hey, maybe this is one where like accept it without prejudice, or just accept it because at least we'll stay on top of the meds. We'll at least know what's happening on that yeah, side of the case." Yeah, that's a which, great point. Which becomes the driver. Um, one of the things I, I spoke to uh, on the panel about too was like, you know, when when you're making that case, that that decision to deny, you're drawing a line in the sand. You know, you're on you're on one side, and the employee's on the other. So mm-hmm. uh, when you make that decision, if it doesn't turn out your way. You know, how likely is it that you're going to be friends with this person? Yeah, the cooperation goes away. Right, moment. like you're sure. not—he's not going to come back to work for you, yeah. uh, or not—that—that's not fair. Uh, he, It's—he's less likely to come back to work for you, and, and I think that's kind of uh, the biggest problems in the system where uh, you know there, there's a disconnect and it becomes uh, an administrative law becomes too litigious, right? So like making the right decisions at the right time yeah. actually is in the best interests of everybody. Well, I mean, that's the insane thing is workers' compensation court was designed as a diversionary court. This is to keep people right, from to prevent from to suing litigate, their employers right? in civil court. Right, and that's it a good has point. become a situation where it's so bad. You know, the outcomes are so skewed and so bad, and the limitation on discovery and you know the the regular due process limitations are so bad. In many states, employers are saying, I want to opt out of workers' comp. Come sue me in big boy court. Right. You know, I'd rather right. face you in big boy court with actual rules than these, <laughs> under these circumstances. Where I can't argue anything. No comparative negligence. No contributory negligence. Right. And by the way, extremely limited discovery. And, you know, in New York, uh, we're talking today about the expedited hearing calendar. Uh, we used to call or we still call it the rocket docket. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. You know from, from date of loss to hearing outcome, it might be 90 days. It might be 100 days. It's really, really, really short. And... You know, that, that whole idea of, well, there's a balance here. You know, you really want to get this person justice. Really, if they really are legitimately injured and harmed, we want to get them care. We want to get them justice. But there has to be a balance here with the employer's right to actually defend themselves. You right. Know, it's right. Due pro- It's not really due process to say, hey, uh, great, you guys have the right to defend yourself and bring up any real legitimate substantive defenses, but ha-ha, you have uh, 40 days to get all that done or 55 days to get all you know, some incredibly you know, short period of time uh, to put all of our defenses in. It's, it's really, it stretches uh, the credibility of the system. Yeah, that reinforces you know the pre procedures and, and the planning that you, you, we put in place for our clients, and uh, you know we've we've seen some good outcomes because of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, faster claim closures, more disallowances in court, uh, more uh, appeals successful before the board panel, and uh, it's definitely definitely the right way to go. I think that uh, um, you know. You mentioned employers kind of opting out of workers' comp to, mm-hmm. to almost allow the civil suit to, to proceed. And, and that actually makes this seat almost feel like a soapbox for me now because I always said, too, it's like once it gets so bad, you know, like the, the, there's a new bill like every two years that makes it worse for employers in New York. Like could it be so bad that, you know, an employer says, you know, I'm not going to do business in New York? Sure. Because well, look at Rochester and Buffalo and everything north of New York City. I mean, every 
in industry, a lot of industries moved out, and they're all down in North Carolina and South right. Carolina and places that right. have a much, much less uh, plaintiff-favorable litigation climates, let's put it that way. Right, and then there's going to be this, uh, there's going to be an upstart politician coming up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not naming anyone specifically, Is it but you? I'm just, no, <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't lose me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just talking about a hypothetical person that's going to look at the landscape and say, we're losing these entrants into our economy, and that's going to uh, create uh, jobs for people. Because the workers' compensation system is so rife with penalties against the employer and, and the rocket docket uh, not allowing proper investigation. Uh, so I, I do think that time is coming when if it, it gets so bad. So everybody that's listening and thinking that your newer claims are, are, are so, so undefendable, uh, I, I do see a silver lining the worse it gets, right? Because it, it, it can't – sometimes it doesn't seem like it can get worse, and then it does – are we talking about DFD one? Okay, that was the fourth reference. Yeah, I got kind of Christian Seesaw. <laughs> that might have been. The, is this the? Are we? Are you, this oh is man. an announcement? Is this like a campaign com, coming out on a platform right now? Like on, I like on this where you're podcast? Going with this. That, that would be pretty pretty gutsy for me to just my current employer <laughs> in the room to kind of sow the seeds for this political. I'd vote uh, for you. You know what? It's because you have you're passionate. You've got some passion around this topic, <laughs> so I feel like it's very compelling. Uh, let's let's think this through. I, I don't know. Uh, is it too narrow of an issue to unite? You know, the general voting public. Yes. Yeah. I guess yes. So. <laughs> yes. No. I think I thank you for the uh, endorsement. Um, obviously, it's not the only thing I'm passionate about, as everyone else will attest to me being incessantly annoying to them in my personal life. But. Uh, I think that the idea behind it makes sense for what we do today, right? Uh, you're planning for uh, the process to occur smoothly because in reality, it's not going to be smooth. It's going to be very rough. It's going to be very difficult, and you're going to be faced at, uh, at some point in that 90-day that rocket docket of, oh, my Lord, Like I don't know what I'm doing here because of all the timelines. So setting it up you know, even before day one, uh, is actually going to get you to the right place. I think that's a great place to, to end the third Friday's podcast. What do you think, Greg? So happy to be here with you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, uh, so everybody, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you take anything out of this, uh, rewind the podcast to the uh, the rift discussion between me and Greg about um, how the expedited calendar can really, really make uh, sense for you to defend from day one and do those pre-action uh, policies before the accident happens to set you up, right? We talked about a May 17th accident resulting in a late August trial. That is that is our reality. Uh, so think about how that can influence your processes, your procedures, and uh, as the host of the third Friday's podcast, I'm reminding you to defend from day one.